You're listening to DraftKings Network. Folks, Mother's Day is around the corner, and let me talk to you about 1-800-Flowers. I can't wait. Every year, it's a tradition. I send stuff to my mother, my mother-in-law, and my wife because they are three amazing moms. They're better than all your moms out there. You think you have good moms? No, I have good moms in my life. I'm just kidding. This was a little harsh. I'm sure you guys all have good moms too. From your mom to the mother of your children and all the moms in between, this Mother's Day, give back to the ones that have given you everything. 1-800-Flowers helps you celebrate all amazing moms from homemade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off Mother's Day bestsellers at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Order today and save up to 40% at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family-owned from the start, same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. This is the Dan Levator Show with the Stugats Podcast. Do we start with Michael Bublé on mushrooms, or do we start uh, with the uh, the parody song? Uh, I miss the Sports Whispers, Stugats. I have not heard from the Sports Whisperer in a long time. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you have polluted your vocal cords with cigarettes. I have too not. Much. I could still pull off a sports whisperer. Perhaps I will have one at the Circa Pool Thursday or Friday. How about that? Really? All right, fill me in on that one, please. I know our show is doing a lot of lifting. There. I know our show generally hasn't planned, but there's never been a show more planned than this one. And that includes the time that we were on the air for 24 consecutive hours. So, yeah, let me know. Uh, we have tried workshop and sports whispers in the past, and it just never materialized. I do love that bit. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a parody song to celebrate it that we're going to play in a moment. Uh, but how excited or not excited are Jessica and Lucy about Radio Row? Because Stugatz has top five, what is it, rules of Radio Row? Tips? Yeah, for the youngsters out there, you know? I like to but, teach the youngsters. Je- Jessica's not a, she is not a novice here. She's not a rookie. She's a veteran of Radio Row. I am not looking to teach Jess. I'm not looking to teach Lucy. It's just for all the young producers out there. That's all. Okay. That's for, all right. Yes. We'll get to that in a second as well. Uh, who are you going to introduce us, Jessica? I have not seen this animal before. What are you talking about? Uh, your, uh, I th- it was a bag. It's a, the newest bag by Gucci. Uh, designed. Uh, it's an actual dog, but I have not seen that dog. Are you adopting a dog like Lucy? Lucy was a, a wild success. She got uh, Zeke adopted. Uh, is that what you're doing, or is that your dog? That's the, is that a nemesis to Willow? Uh, this was. Uh, this is actually. A vicious guard dog that I brought in because I heard Amin was going to be in today. So she's already bit him a couple times. We'll see how the day ends. But does she have a name? Does she belong? Does she belong to somebody? I was going to try to go the whole show with like pretending that the dog wasn't here and like try to trick you and make you think you were hallucinating the dog. But I couldn't. I didn't want to do it to you. I I couldn't. I couldn't stick with the bit. Okay, but I still don't have answers to my questions. There's a dog. Not one of them. She's a rescue. Did you rescue her? Yeah. Whoa, two dogs. She's a baby. <laughs> two dogs. Couple of She's dogs seven. cutting it up. Willow is already feeling ostracized. She's going to town on a Flanagan's cup over here. Uh, is Willow jealous? 
Yeah, she's taking yeah. out her frustrations on Big Papa Joe. <laughs> All right, let's hear uh, let's hear this parody song. I've only heard the first little bit of it, and then I turn it off because I wanted to hear it live. So let's hear what we <laughs> let's hear what we've got here. Bill, Bill, it's Tom. Listen up. Listen, Belichick. Let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something that you might like to hear. You had a nice career, but the end looking sad. Mind if I tell you about this plan I had? My mom's been. there's a degree of difficulty on singing that way that sounded more than just breathless sounded like there was a lack of oxygen that was my sports whisperer for the circuit pool thursday or friday oh, i was taken I'll have that's, to improvise. that's too yeah, bad right. that's too bad i could send brady and belichick anywhere i mean <laughs> you, you really could i know willow is going to town on the that disrespect cup. Uh, Chris Cody, I can imagine. I thought of you. I thought of you last night as uh, comeback player of the year. Tua Tungavailoa, uh, voted by his peers, the comeback player of the year. His peers. You didn't know this, Mike. You, what, Mike? You were not aware that uh, there are multiple comeback player of the year awards. You were not aware for Baker. Uh, that is right. Tua Tungavailoa, voted by his peers, the comeback player of the year. Which is the official one, though? I don't know. Oh, the one that they give away at the award show, hosted by uh, Keegan Michael Key, I think. <laughs> How many of them are there? Because uh, Demar is it Rob Riggle this year? It's usually like one of four guys. Eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Demar Hamlin won the other one, right? How many comeback players of the year are there? Flacco said he. Flacco better get one of them, and Baker better get well, the Flacco other. Flacco said it should go to Demar Hamlin. Right. Well, Flacco just said, I'm only coming back from being old and I'm only coming back from not being able to find a team for a couple of months. <laughs> so he's saying he doesn't deserve it. Right. But I mean, to it did come back from attempted murder. There is that. But DeMar Hamlin came back from actual death. I mean, Baker came back from Carolina. <laughs> Kind of like that. But I thought of Chris Cody yesterday because I imagined him watching the precise passing oh, yep. skills drill and getting mad at Tua just <laughs> saying, do, do something other than finish last. Just don't finish last. Don't be the worst score. You're the accuracy guy, okay? You can't move. Okay, everyone says, what can this guy do? Accurate. And C.J. Stroud just made, like, made you look like poop. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Now, a, a point was brought up to me that these things moving were not moving as fast as Tyreek Hill. So, like, maybe it was just, like, weird for him to see this slow thing coming across the middle. Mikey A brought that point up to Chris. He sat in for the first segment of God Bless Football. But that is a good point because he's throwing the targets that are way slower than he normally throws to. You say it's a good point, Stu Gods, but all it reminds me of is of the single greatest explanation for a loss that I've ever heard. After Jesse Armstead of the University of Miami, after they lost to BYU and Ty Detmer, 
Palmer, who went on to win the Heisman Trophy, yeah. his explanation was their receivers were too slow. We were running past them in coverage. <laughs> we were we were too fast, and they were throwing. I'm the they, king they, of they, excuse <laughs> making for the Canes. That one, That's that one great, takes a cane. It's, it's the greatest. Dash the, that away. You might need that. one I've ever. Heard. <laughs> we were too fast. I'm not gonna lie. I watched like all of the Pro Bowl last night for some reason. No. I don't know why it was on, and I just kind of got like mesmerized by it, and I left it on. And so when I I first turned it on, they had just started the skills thing with the quarterbacks, and I was watching Gardner Minshew go, and I texted my friends, like my NFL friend, like group chat, and I was like, oh my God, Gardner Minshew's missing all these throws. This is like actually so bleak. Why is he even here? Uh, And then the next person that went, I think was either Baker or Tua, and I was like, oh, never mind. Like, they suck too. This must just actually... Okay, Baker didn't suck. Baker was good. CJ Stroud was also good. But, like, neither of them... Because he is good. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, this doesn't look like they need to make this look harder because the entire time I was watching, I was like, I feel like I could hit that 10, 10 point bucket. It's just right there in the middle of the field. But it must have actually been very difficult because even quarterbacks, you know, like CJ Stroud, I shouldn't say it that way, but you know what I mean? CJ Stroud did a good job. So it, I, I do want to give them a little bit of a, of a benefit of the doubt there. Look, I criticized Tua here and I'm half kidding, but there's also half of me that is like, if you're the, if you're the guy that can't move, you need to shine in that competition. Right. Like there is, I am half serious about this. Like he was in it, and you could tell he was having fun. It's like, dude, your your whole fan base is, wants to trade you right now. You need to make a statement. Minshew made the Pro Bowl. Well, let's talk about this for a second because uh, you said you were half serious, and I'd like to push you to more than half serious. You're being aggressive when you say the whole fan base wants to trade him. That's not true at all. Oh, Dan, he's being serious. Uh, <laughs> I I think he's pretty close to being serious. That it pissed him off. That he simply just man, it's not that you needed Tua to win. You just needed him to not be the worst. He was like goofy about it too. Like, and I get it. He was just in the mode of I'm not taking this serious. But it's just like. I don't know. I I wanted to, as ridiculous as it sounds, I genuinely wanted to see more out of him. I, I will add after he got interviewed by Ryan Clark and he said that, um, I guess, uh, Eli Manning, it was like, they do like an Eli Manning versus Peyton Manning thing. I'm telling you, I got really into this last night, Dan. I, sh- I just wish I didn't know any of this, but I do. And he said that Eli Manning, like the NFC team was trying to mess with him and telling him like not to throw it. Excuses. So, I mean, maybe it's an excuse, Chris, but I, I just, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe he should have taken it more seriously given the, the narrative on Tua, yeah. but other quarterbacks also didn't do very well at it. Uh, Chris is right, though. This is Tua's Super Bowl. It is. I mean, he can't run. He can't throw on the run. All he could do is hit you in the numbers and stride. If he goes out there and wins that accuracy competition by 15 points, everyone is talking today about, hey, Tua put on a show last night, and instead you're not even talking about him. Lucy, you you seem, and you should be distracted, because I can't believe we've talked this long about the Pro Bowl, but you seem distracted. You don't (laughs) seem like you're in any way interested with what's happening around here. Well, a few things. One, they've been playing Charmed on this TV every day, the entire week, and I've never seen Charmed before, but I'm very interested in what's happening. But then we have a visitor, a guest, who's holding up a Zagaki sign. I don't know where this person is. Not a guest. It's just a fan of the show standing in the street. They used to do this at the Clevelander all the time. This is the first time this has happened uh, here. You made it sound like TRL in 99. <laughs> Occasionally, somebody would hold up a sign. I never saw that. <laughs> it happened all the time at the Clevelander. There would be someone outside with a sign. Uh, but this this person is standing where? On, on the street? On Biscayne Boulevard? I hope not on the street. He, I think okay, he's explaining go. to someone right now what he's doing. Okay, so yeah. He's on the median there. Uh, so, Lucy, yes, you have not. Uh, how is Charm, though? Charmed Soundless is fun 
to watch? Um, yeah, because there's a lot of magic going on, but I don't know what the magic is. I don't know who the good guys are. I don't know who the bad guys are. I'll tell you what was magic, Lucy. Last night they did a competition where the skill position players, <laughs> they did like a who who can catch the most footballs from like the jugs machine, but it's like a punt return thing. Right. And then you had to keep the football. So you catch one and then you hold on to one and then you catch two and now you have two. Wow. And then you catch three. Now you're holding three footballs. It was crazy. Miles Killebrew from the Steelers won. He caught five footballs while he was Capacito. holding. The, it was Dan, it was electric. I was so locked Jesse, in. Jesse, you okay? <laughs> you're, you're revving. I had a big iced coffee this morning. I haven't been here all week. I feel so alive. There's Formula One news, Dan. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, she has an Christ. F1 minute, and I don't think she actually has to change her delivery whatsoever. Yesterday on Charmed on Mute, there was a sex scene between Alyssa Milano and Ken Marino. Oh, wow. And mid-stroke, she had a vision that Ken Marino got shot in the head. Mid-stroke? It was crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, mid-stroke. Uh, it is so distracting. I've been watching Charmed the whole week. I can't believe I've even been able to say anything. Hey, it's Mike Ryan. I've been watching sports for a long time now. As an adult, a lot has changed. A lot has changed since I turned 21 in the world. But once I was able to enjoy sports with the wonderful taste of Miller Lite, I knew that there was no topping this. I mean, I think back then, instant replay was barely used in other sports outside of football. So, when I wanted to complain about referees, I would get all mad, and then I would take a sip of that Miller Lite, cool myself down, take a beat, and realize there are more important things, like the great taste of Miller Lite, less filling, and only 96 calories, the original light beer since 1975. You remember all those old John Madden ads? I still view them on YouTube occasionally. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs in premium regular beer. Don Lebertard. We got Afrini Hardaway. Afrini? Who is Afrini Hardaway? I was trying to read fast. UD was on the team. Luke Jackson. Bobby Jones. Who the is- Matrix, Sean Marion. Stugatz. Is- Zoe, Shaq, Smush Parker. Chris Quinn. Wait a minute. D Wade. Wait a minute. Jason Williams, they're all right. I mean, stacked roster. This is the Don Lebertard Show with the Stugatz. Presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code DAN because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Jessica, do the takes back up on you during the week if you don't get a couple of shows in, a couple of microphones to... to watch the Pro Bowl. So, and, and, but it's the Pro Bowl is is sort of... Uh, what is a diuretic? Um, a modium is the opposite of a diuretic. Uh, you, you're, the Pro Bowl has unleashed your ability it's to it's a probiotic the the of takes hey there Pro Bowl biotic? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dan, it's it's been a it's been a long week. There's been a lot of basketball games. Uh, Notre Dame beat UConn on Saturday. I didn't get to talk about that. And then the Iowa played the other night. And there's just a lot of stuff going on. There was big Formula One news with Mario Andretti, and then Lewis Hamilton, and then the Pro Bowl happened. And then the Knicks won their 15th out of the last 17 games. It was crazy. Jalen Brunson's crying in the garden. They're changing MVP. He got his eye poked out. Still came back in and won it. Everyone on the Knicks is hurt. Now they play the Lakers on Saturday. It was just a crazy week. <laughs> 
Uh, you know what? Let's just segue right into the F1 minute. Let's get some of this out. Uh, let's uh, let's see if we can get Jessica to a stable speed here. People are listening to this at 1.5, 2.0. It's crazed. So now let's just escalate matters. Let's throw everything into the sky. Oh, it's been a while, Dan. No race, no problem. It's always silly season in Formula One. 2024 began with shocking news that team principal Gunther Steiner is out at Haas and they look like a bunch of fucking vankas. Lovatarcho <laughs> regular baby Lando said land yes to a new contract to send with McLaren. And the biggest news of the week, Formula One finally announced that they are rejecting Mario Andretti and Cadillac's joint bid to join the sport as Formula One's 11th team in 2025. But wait, what's that? Is that Enzo Ferrari's music? <laughs> Yesterday, in a move that shocked the motorsport world, the Stan accounts and Toto Wolf himself, the 103-time race winning, 197-time podium finishing, record-breaking Mercedes-AMG driving Formula 1 led to the greatest of all time, depending on who you ask, seven-time world champion, Sir Lewis Hamilton announced after 11 years he's leaving Mercedes and joining Ferrari in 2025. Mamma mia, it's hammer time! <laughs> That was excellent. Uh, you didn't appear rusty at all. She mentioned in the middle of that, uh, Lucy, a supportive friend always. Uh, so proud of her. How did your friend date go? I think it went well. It was a little slow. So we there was a lot of traffic, so we got there late, but we went and walked with her dog. She was very nice. And I think we're going to hang out again Ooh, in two weeks. A second okay. date, huh? Yeah, I'm wow. very excited. A second friend date. I think date. we're going to go to an estate sale. Right. Uh, How many days before you're officially friends, though? I think it takes like, well, I think it depends on the way that like the friend date goes. Like sometimes I'll be like an hour in and I'm like, yeah, you're my best friend forever now. So good luck with that. I think it's like probably like three or four. Once oh. it's like one of those things where we're not like really trying to get to like, I'm not asking like, where are you from? How many siblings do you have? Where it's just like we text about something unrelated. So That's did, a good sign. Did you say that you were late or they were late to this We were date? both very late. Okay, so I, I think it say, worked out really nice. If one nicely. of you was late, it's a bit of a red flag. Who sends the first text? To I, I'm usually pretty proactive in sending the first text. Right. So The text after the hangout is the most important. Yes, yeah, so I told one. her, I was like, hey, I'm in Vegas all next week. And she's like, that's so exciting. That's so fun. And I was like, great. If I make it back. We'll hang out. And she was like, okay, yeah. And I told her about my estate sales and the Paw Venture stuff I do. And she was like, that sounds so fun. I've actually looked into doing the Paw Venture stuff. So we might do that together. So awesome. I'm hoping it goes well. I'm also hanging out with Lisa in two weeks. Nice. It is, it is tough to be this popular. Congratulations on almost having a couple of friends. It's huge. It is so, this is, it's amazing. You also uh, gave the name to something that I want to start promoting here because you're doing a good thing and you are rescuing dogs because uh, the, the one you were with last time, uh, by endorsing what a sweet animal it was, you got it adopted. And I want to just explain people to people a little more what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how they can help with this. So I don't know if I was officially the reason this dog got adopted. I don't want to 
to take credit for that. I also don't care. The dog got adopted. This is amazing. I am so happy for Zeke. The shelter is reaching out to the family that adopted Zeke to send us some pictures so we can see him in his new home. The program is named Paw Venture, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. So you can just Google Miami-Dade Paw Venture, and someone from the shelter reached out to me, and they were like, hey, it's super important that we tell people that this Paw Venture program is great because it gets dogs out of the shelter, but a big reason why it's so important is if you're taking a dog for a walk or you're going to a dog park, you're able to observe this dog's behavior outside of the shelter. And when you go back to drop the dog off, you have to answer a little questionnaire just about how they behave, what were they like around other dogs, other people. And that is such valuable information for the shelter in getting these dogs adopted and kind of learning what type of home would be best for them. It's a free program. It's super fun. It's super easy. It's one day of your life. It's amazing. I couldn't recommend it enough. I felt a little nervous for the friend date yesterday because I found out about Zeke getting adopted right before. I don't know what happened to me. I was just bawling because I was so happy for Zeke. And I was like, we did a good thing. And so I showed up like a little puffy because I had been crying so much. But I don't think she noticed. So this is an awesome program. I hope we can do more on the show. I'd love to bring some dogs here so that you guys can kind of like interact with them as well. And the fans can see it. I'm just, this was the best. And I want to say, all of you said I was doing a bad thing. You are wrong. You are so wrong. Right, you got to get the wrong song. Bad day for the haters. Great day for Zeke. All right. You got a great day for Lucy. Get the wrong song. Tony? Uh, I'm in a seat. <laughs> you Three things that have come up in the first 20 minutes that I want to get back to. One is Chris Cody saying that if one person shows up late, it's a red flag. Uh, Miami right now is so overpopulated that I can't get anywhere on time. I am late for everything. I'm a punctual person. I am late for everything because traffic everywhere has been made crazy. I don't, this must be happening to you guys as well. You can't Not get to me. Uh, yeah. You live, yeah, you live in Orlando, so it doesn't happen to you, but uh, it's impossible to get anywhere on time. I was 30 minutes late last night. She was 30 minutes late as well. I left 10 minutes before I was supposed to leave and I was going like three miles away. So it's so bad here. I lived in LA and the traffic was is way worse in Miami than it was in LA. Yeah, people are just moving. They're flooding here from San Francisco and Miami. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned- New York, you mean. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, yeah. New York, thank you. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned, Jessica, is Jalen Brunson last night. Uh, that was legitimately moving. That is uh, one of the best moments that the Knicks have had in 25 years. Jalen Brunson was left speechless by coming back against Indiana, scoring 40 points. They're chanting MVP. Uh, he's an all-star. And he was left speechless when asked a question he could not answer because he was about to cry, close to crying because of the amount of gratitude on him. He's made the Knicks matter. He also got poked in the eye. So at first I was like, maybe his eye is watering because you could tell it was pink and like a little swollen. By the way, didn't they didn't call a foul on that. They just, Pacers guy like bopped him in the eye. Nothing happened. He was like on the floor. Like it was a pivotal moment in the game too. Pacers got a basket afterwards. Dan, it was crazy. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe he's just like, you know, his, his eye's a little puffy and he's tearing up. No, they... The whole crowd was chanting MVP and the announcer or the interviewer asked him, you know, like what it felt like basically to have this moment at the garden. And he just like start choking up. Let's uh, so let's special. let's play this sound right now. Feel. Mm. 
That was fun. That was. That was fun. That was fun. The night started with you being named to your first All-Star game. Just talk about the journey you've been on and how it has reached this point now where you're on the garden floor hearing MVP chance and you're going to the All-Star game. I mean... I got, I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. All right, then talk about your teammates because I know... <laughs> He's like, all right, you give me nothing. Then talk about your teammates. <laughs> Poor Alan Odd. It's a bad situation to be in as the interviewer. I got nothing to say. Okay, just talk. Talk about things. Been to Chick-fil-A lately? What do you mean? Yeah. What, what do you like at Wendy's? I don't know. Say something. They've won nine straight. They're playing so well. Randall's out. He'll be out like two to three weeks. But I still don't think this team can make it to the NBA Finals. Well, Embiid's hurt now, and you uh, it's fine. It doesn't even matter. They're relevant. Yes. They matter. They're, yes. they're obviously good. The trades, they've been improving for two or three years. But the other thing I wanted to circle back on, she mentioned Gardner Minshew. I believe he was the 11th choice for the Pro Bowl. Chris Cody, can you quickly put together for me a top five list of the worst pro bowlers that there have ever been? Uh, sure. <laughs> I got it ready. All right. Number five. OLI. Wow. Elvis Gerback. Oh. Gerback had a year. Yeah, he did. A couple of years, actually. Yeah. OLI. This one has a caveat. Jeff Saturday, on a year, he got benched. <laughs> Fan vote? Number five, Matt Castle. If you guys want to be mean about quarterbacks that you don't think deserve to be in the Pro Bowl making it, just imagine being a fan of a team that had three quarterbacks and none of them made it. <laughs> you stay tuned. Number four, Gardner Minshew. Number three, Derek Anderson. Put it on the poll, please, Juju. What is Gardner Minshew more? Is he a backup quarterback or a Pro Bowler? Derek Anderson had a year. I mean, okay, but I'm assuming some of these guys had a year. Stugatz. <laughs> well, Gerback did. He made the Pro Bowl. I, 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 mean, I know, but that's the, four thousand yards, that's, twenty-eight that's, touchdowns. Technically, to be on this list, you had to have had a year. Well, You've had to have been in the Pro Bowl. That's what the list is. Yeah. Has Minshew had a year? And half of them had a year for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Number two, Tyler Huntley. Oh, really? Back. That's right. Really? Never Last had a year. year. Last year, <laughs> he, had a, he had like two games. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he like Baltimore's fourth quarterback? No, he was their backup, but Lamar got hurt last year while he was doing the contract thing, and they ran out of options, so Tyler Huntley made the Pro you Bowl have a, last year. You have a better one than that? I mean, Jess kind of, you know, it's a Jess one here. Number one, Mitch Trubisky. Oh. Did he have a year? Yeah. He did. They double doink year. year. That was a good yeah, year. Yeah. The Bears were good. Decent they were relevant. Year. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't he win like the Nickelodeon game MVP? The N MVP, I believe. I also heard Dan Nickelodeon is going to do uh, the Super Bowl broadcast and they're going to play SpongeBob's going to sing Sweet Victory before the Super Bowl. Oh my God. Slow so down! Excited! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Don Lebatard, did you ever have a crush on a cartoon character? Oh, can I go? This isn't my <laughs> question, but I did. Huh. Jessica Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yes, yes. I she, think so. she was married to Roger Rabbit, even though he was a bunny. And she was a humanoid, but they were both cartoons. Stugats. I had a crush on Betty Rubble. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Man. What? <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's, good I, I, that's pretty good. Whoa, with a surprise nomination from Stugats. <laughs> Showing you his dirty, dirty inner nine-year-old. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Last night, the Lakers went into Boston as a 15-point underdog and took out what has been the Eastern Conference's best team and probably the best team in basketball this year. And after the games, to God, Charles Barkley did something that made me uncomfortable. His criticism of the Celtics is that they are mentally weak. That they're a mentally weak team. <laughs> and while I understand how someone arrives at that conclusion, I would be deeply insulted. And this happens a lot with players in the NBA, Stugatz, who are kind of tired of that show being the old heads talking about their way of doing business and doing that one where, hey, Jason Tatum, you're mentally weak. It's hugely insulting to say something about something like that on television about a, a player, about a team. And I'm wondering how comfortable you guys are with it because I'm used to Barkley. Barkley is the best. Uh, he is willing to say things other people aren't willing to say. But if someone said that to my face and I was as competitive as a professional right. athlete, yeah. they'd be fighting words like that. You're telling me I'm a coward that I that either I'm dumb or I'm a coward. I'm not tough enough. Like, what are you saying about you? You're saying that I'm not smart enough or or tough enough mentally to handle winning in the NBA. They're 37 and 12. They're 22 and three at home. They lost last night to the Lakers, as you pointed out, without LeBron James, though, without Anthony Davis. Oh, it's a that's terrible. A bad I'm, loss no, but, I'm, okay. but that's an odd reaction to have after that. It, it loss. is a terrible loss. There's no disputing that it's a terrible loss. But uh, does anyone in here object to the idea? of that as criticism because no i think i object i object to your objection uh seemingly that's why you pay charles barkley you pay analysts that have been in those spots to give their opinions you can agree with them or not jason tatum has done weird disappearing acts in the past and we've tried to piece together why he does that he also puts on a kobe armband and goes out and wins a game seven so it's, he's an interesting case study. And if Charles wants to formulate a hypothesis as to why this is, I, I don't think challenging 
uh, Jason Tatum to be tougher in spots is all that offensive. I really don't. But have you ever thought of the Celtics and said, this Celtics team and said to yourself they're mentally Often. weak? Really? Often. Often. All right, Drew Holiday's mentally weak. He won a title. I mean, I mean, I mean Porzingis, you're saying this Porzingis like Porzingis is physically weak. Yeah. Uh, Oftentimes, in this core of Brown and and Tatum, right. they are certainly more talented than the Miami Heat. And yet the, the Miami Heat, outside of one game seven, where Max Struess wasn't out of bounds, uh, have gotten the better of them. I object to your objection of Dan's objection, because I think this is why we listen to Dan, right? He's going to have a contrary opinion to people like Charles Barkley and call them out. Mm -hmm. mm. I just I don't object to your objection of my objection of Dan's objection to Charles Barkley's objection because all of this is subjective. I object all overruled. to your objection of my objection of your objection of Dan's objection Sustained, of Charles Barkley's all of you. objection. And I object to you, just in general. Lucy, I wanted to bring you in here on what happened with the David Pollack deleted tweet. Uh, he has deleted the tweet, and uh, this has been interesting to watch, Dugats, because what has been college football's most popular show for a really long time, game day, uh, an atmosphere unlike most pioneering television show, Pollock was at the center of it for a long time, and a lot of people objected to Pollock being replaced by... Pat McAfee, mm -hmm. because it disrupted the familiarity of what Saturday mornings felt like. And now David Pollock has gotten into politics. He has uh, he has done <laughs> a, a couple of times now. He is uh, putting up the same picture, uh, demanding that uh, that we end wokeness. <laughs> Was this on display anywhere during his time on that set? Like, was there a, there was just, there was a disguise? Was he not talking about this stuff on air or off air? What, did anyone know what his politics were? I did not. I did politics? not know. I feel like I've, that's been a lot of the, like, the, Chris, go the discourse I've seen on, like, Twitter today, which has been, um, bye, Chris. Um, it's been all about just, was David like this when we were at ESPN? It didn't really feel like he ever had this sort of like reputation with him. I mean, like maybe you could have guessed or anything, but like he was never very openly doing stuff like this or tweeting out this weird graphic that one very heavily edited. His skin is not that clear, and he's got this. Are you weird, saying he facetuned it? He facetuned the hell out of that photo. He's. It feels like was him leaving ESPN what triggered this or has he been doing this the entire time? I don't know, but man has got off the deep end. Why is he deleting the tweets? Well, I'm assuming he decided to tweet an in wokeness me or like, I don't want to call it a meme, but picture the first day of Black History Month. The response probably wasn't very positive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think it's the timing of it because Pollock has waded into those waters before. This isn't the first time he's, so he's wait, trotted out of fake and wokeness. But you're side. saying he's deleting it not because he takes any of it back. He just doesn't like doing it on the first day of Black bad History timing. Month. I mean, yes, yeah. bad he's going to wait till Women's History Month. <laughs> It's just part of the plan. I got my question about all of this is like, is he just like, does, is he programming his own stuff? Is there like some sort of organization behind all of this? Like, who's making the meme? He's I, a GOP operative. I just am very, very confused. Like Lucy, like why, why did this all start now? I, I've uh, talked to some people who are like, yeah, I'm not surprised that this is what he thinks about, you know, trans people or uh, any sort of like 
quote unquote woke topics that are in the news, but it's, it is very like kind of out of left field. I've just been following him on Twitter and all he's talked about from my point of view is football for the last few years. Although he has tweeted a lot of like Christian stuff. I don't necessarily like think that that is a, is a a bad thing. So I didn't see it really coming, but some people did. The last time he did this, he he was like adding Joe Rogan and it was just like, it was, it was kind of sad. The guy just went through an entire college football season cycle without being hired by any of the competitors and now in, in that game there there are competitors out there and uh, he wasn't considered a desirable asset so this is the next move and wokeness is often uh, being uh, supported or rationalized by a couple of camps right it's either uh, devoutly religious and an attack on the moralities of this country or it's protect the kids right those are the two those are the two chief places where end wokeness is most supported by whatever the rationalizations are, whether they are, I don't want my children to have this future in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, in a- mm, it's been twisted. Woke was originally created by minorities to essentially highlight what has happened. You know, <laughs> the white the white GOP side co-oping a phrase the same way that they co-opted fake news because fake news didn't mean originally what Donald Trump has made it turn out to be. And now woke is just this blanket that is there for disenfranchised white people to throw over a bunch of stuff. Okay, so there is the the grievance of white people. There is the anger of white people. But I see it often framed when you go through the roots of some of this. I often see it framed with either religion just morale, my morality is better than your morality. You are immoral for being liberal. Uh, the seeds of it was certainly BLM. And then beyond that, there's a lot of, and see, everyone can agree with this part. Everyone can agree. Yes, protect the children. Absolutely protect the children. But there, a, a lot is getting filed under if you're anti-gay, uh, the, the idea of grooming, anti-trans, the idea of grooming, that children have to be protected uh, from these things, from these, from liberal parents. Yeah, people care about that until they don't. <laughs> His, David Pollock's first tweet using this horrible face-tuned image was about trans athletes in sports. This one was more about religion. Um, maybe another reason he deleted the tweet was the first response. They kind of bodied him, and they were like, you do realize Jesus was the most woke person of all time. And David Pollock in real quiet sense. After three days. I wanted Stugantz uh, to segue just the general poison that is in the atmosphere everywhere to your boy, uh, George R.R. R. Martin. Yes. Uh, he is He's saying, seeing him soon. He's here, Vegas. He is saying the following, uh, the creator of Game of Thrones, uh, he is saying that social media is ruled by anti-fans. Uh, I remember, I think it was the movie Chasing Amy, Kevin Smith threw in a little monologue for Ben Affleck where he talked about uh, what movies and I think the internet are for, which is just to complain about movies, to argue about movies. And George R.R. R. Martin, who made seven seasons of amazing television and an eighth season that had a Starbucks cup in it, uh, he says in books... In films and television shows, though even there, toxicity is growing. 
It used to be fun talking about our favorite books and films and having spirited debates with fans who saw things different. But somehow... Sorry, I used the wrong keyboard. What a hilarious song. What were you trying to do? I was searching for lyrics to toxicity to just kind of embed into what you were doing. And I... Hit a hilarious song. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want? Do you want me to wait for you to find the song that you were looking for? No, I've ruined the show enough today. I thought were Yeti you, was about to start singing. Were you trying to listen to it to yourself first? No, no, no. I was. Open? I was trying to search the browser, but I hit the space bar on the wrong keyboard, and that was the last song that I played. <laughs> Do you want me to Properly read that as the music? Under that song. Yes. yes go ahead. Yes. Go ahead and do it again. It's a little tricky with the podcast, but sure. Dan, I'll stop you right there. George R. R. Martin's right. Everyone loves to be a hater. Are we going to debut your song with Yeti today? Mm, it's on Spotify, I believe. If people want to listen, I don't. Uh, I heard you played a clip yesterday. Yes. Everyone, I mean, I thought everyone was going to be mean after, and they weren't, so that was good. They were nice. Truly right. astonishing voices. Only because of Lucy. For right. sports media. We will do this uh, so next, proud of you. next segment, but go ahead and put in, yeah, in books, in films, and television shows, though even there, toxicity is growing. It used to be fun talking about our favorite books and films and having spirited debates with fans who saw things different. But somehow, in this age of social media, it is no longer enough to say I did not like book X or film Y and here's why. You know what? I'd rather dance. Hey, it's Mike Ryan. I've been watching sports for a long time now. As an adult, a lot has changed. A lot has changed since I turned 21 in the world. But once I was able to enjoy sports with the wonderful taste of Miller Lite, I knew that there was no topping this. I mean, I think back then, instant replay was barely used in other sports outside of football. So when I wanted to complain about referees, I would get all mad, and then I would take a sip of that Miller Lite, cool myself down, take a beat, and realize there are more important things, like the great taste of Miller Lite, less filling, and only 96 calories, the original light beer since 1975. You remember all those old John Madden ads? I still view them on YouTube occasionally. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs in premium regular beer.